Welcome to In-House Legal with attorney Paul Boynton. It's everything in-house, legally speaking. Technology, business practices, trends, and controversies important to corporate counsel. Welcome to the Legal Talk Network. We're glad you could listen today to In-House Legal. I'm attorney Paul Boynton, and I've covered the in-house community for over six years as a legal journalist, and I'll have my own media consultancy. Going green has gone mainstream, and companies everywhere are trying to cash in with eco-friendly product claims. Products labeled as green are flooding the market. But there's a problem, according to consumer advocates. Many of these products aren't really green, or the eco-friendly claims are exaggerated. Now, over the past year, so-called greenwashing lawsuits have sprouted up with increasing frequency. Now, these lawsuits allege that companies are misleading the public by making false statements about their products. An example is a class action filed in federal court in California. The plaintiffs allege that the maker of Windex is misleading consumers about the, quote, environmental safety and soundness, end quote, of the cleaning product. According to the National Law Journal, at issue in the case is the manufacturer's use of its so-called green list trademark. The class action alleges this is misleading because it's not a third-party endorsement, but is instead a mark owned by the manufacturer. Another California lawsuit is challenging Honda Motor Company's fuel efficiency claims of its Civic Hybrid. Companies that are marketing green aspects of their products need to tread carefully, or they could find themselves targeted by environmentalists and consumer advocates and be facing unwanted litigation. With me today is attorney Eric Lane of San Diego-based Loose Forward Hamilton and Scripps to help us stay current on this rapidly evolving area of law. Eric is an intellectual property attorney and author of the Green Patent blog, and he tracks greenwashing litigation. Welcome to the show, Eric. Thanks. Good to be here. Now, Eric, in a nutshell, uh, what legal issues are involved in these uh, greenwashing lawsuits? Well, they involve uh, essentially any type of claim to environmental benefits, um, environmentally friendly products or services, and when these claims are false or misleading, it can implicate um, any sort of consumer protection law, um, whether it be false advertising, unfair competition, um, deceptive or unfair trade practices or business practices. It could also involve uh, warranty laws and um, in the case where there's um, a contract between the parties, it could be breach of contract. Could you just spell out a couple things there? Uh, I don't quite see the the warranty aspect here. Could you explain how that works? Uh, well, for instance, the the Honda Civic case you mentioned um, did include uh, breach state, I think, state and federal breach and warranty claims. It partially related to the um, the advertised. Uh, fuel efficiency of the Civic Hybrid. The, I mean, the war, the breach of warranty claims came, uh, I guess, had to do with the um, agreement between the, uh, the automaker and the purchaser. Very good. So there's a variety of different claims that uh, can be filed here. Um, what does the term greenwashing itself connote? Well, it's originally a, a, a composite, it's a composite term of, of green and whitewash and it really just means any sort of false or misleading claims of um, environmental benefits relating to a product, service, or um, 
the business practices of, of a company. Very good. Uh, a recent study by Terra Choice, an environmental marketing agency, found that the number of green products increased 79% the last two years. And this study found that of 2,219 consumer products claiming to be green, a whopping 98% had exaggerated or misleading claims. Now, the surveyors tested the green claims against uh, federal guidelines, both in the U.S. And, and in Canada. Now, taking this survey finding at face value, to me, this is staggering. Uh, what do you make of this? Can we expect a huge wave of litigation? Uh, it, they are um, quite uh, shocking findings. I agree with you. Um, but one thing to remember is that, well, let me back up for a minute. This is, um, there were two, two reports. This initially came out in 2007, I think, the six sins of greenwashing by Terra Choice. Um, just to give the listeners some background, um, they're a, I think a marketing, uh, a marketing firm and they do these, they do these analyses. They did one in 2007, the six sins, and then they did another one in 2009, which they updated it and added a seventh sin. Um, and these, so-called sins, um, it's important to remember that what may constitute a sin of greenwashing according to Terra Choice um, and what rises to the level of a legal cause of action are two very different things. Um, while all of these sins that they talk about um, are valuable for consumers to be aware of, um, many instances of these sins wouldn't be actionable. Um, for instance, they have something called the sin of the hidden trade-off, where a company will say, um, make a particular green claim, um, but there are other aspects of the of the business or the product or um, manufacturing or development or whatever may go into that product um, that isn't environmentally friendly. So. Um, in other words, talking about a narrow set of attributes of the product while um, not telling you some of the background. Now, that may not be actionable um, under uh, federal state false advertising statutes because it's not um, – under those statutes, you generally have to show a claim is literally false or um, deceptive or misleading. While, it's, while it may be true, it, uh, it, still, it still deceives, and I, I think – Things like that, and, and they have others where there's um, uh, called the sin of irrelevance, where you make a claim that's truthful, but it's not necessarily um, very important. I think those um, are not uh, not helpful to consumers, but they probably don't rise to the level of um, false advertising claims or unfair business practices based on the statutes and the case law. So what might be a sin to Terra Choice is not necessarily illegal. Now, when did, exactly. these, when did these lawsuits first emerge, and, and where are they being filed? Uh, well, they've, they've been around for a while, but um, there has been a recent uptick, uh, definitely, now that um, climate change concerns have really settled into the public consciousness. More consumers want environmentally friendly products. More consumers are demanding environmentally friendly services and business practices of the um, of the companies from whom they buy their products. So it's profitable for, to provide these uh, products and services, and more businesses are trying to provide them. Um, so that you know inevitably is going to lead to um, you know a greater number of these products or services offered, and a greater number of these claims. So they're going to be um, folks who are dishonest who are going to make false or misleading claims knowingly, and then they're just going to be um, instances of not, of either carelessness or um, not 
fully investigating and supporting uh, these claims. Um, and they're, these cases are being filed both in federal and state court. Um, sometimes they're under the federal um, trademark and consumer protection statute, the Lanham Act. Um, often state law, they're all 50 states have um, a variation of some kind of unfair or deceptive business practices statute. Uh, and then when they're in federal court under these state statutes, often um, they're there for because of diversity jurisdiction. Government agencies also uh, receive complaints, the Federal Trade Commission, um, and also I think the uh, Federal uh, Food and Drug Administration both regulate advertising to some degree. Sometimes they're class actions. Uh, a class action does have additional hurdle of, of proving the element of reliance that is the, you know, the plaintiff has to show that the ad here, the particularly environmental claim, influenced the decision of the purchasers to buy the product. Um, so, and there are also individual suits like the, the Honda Civic case. Um, and the, uh, the FTC also does in investigations. They're, they're public, uh, public suits and investigations as well. Very good. So they're being filed in federal and state court. There's some uh, agency uh, regulatory bodies taking a look at this as well. We're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we will talk more with attorney Eric Lane. Are you interested in sponsoring in-house legal or other programs on the Legal Talk Network? We'd love to have you on board. Contact our sales department today at 781-551-9960. Don't forget to subscribe to In-House Legal and all of the shows in iTunes. Welcome back to In-House Legal. I'm Paul Boynton, host of In-House Legal. I'm joined by attorney Eric Lane. Eric, uh, we talked about where these suits are being filed and uh, you know who's uh, the various courts and the, the agencies that are taking a look at the, into this so-called problem of greenwashing. Uh, can you give us a sampling of uh, who's been sued so far? Sure. There's been uh, some high-profile cases, including the one you mentioned uh, about the uh, Honda Civic Hybrid. Um, cars and um, other automotive products, including uh, uh, tires as well, um, where fuel consumption and fuel efficiency is a big selling point, um, have seen a rise in these types of cases, not only in the U.S. and in, in um in Australia, there was there was a case uh, involving uh, a Lexus ad that was found to be misleading because um, it implied that the car caused little or no harm to the environment. Um, Goodyear was also targeted for for tires that were supposedly environmentally friendly. Um, so those types of products, uh, other household products as well, that um, where energy efficiency is going to be a concern. Uh, have have seen these types of claims. Uh, there was a there was a case involving LG refrigerators uh, that had um, received a government certification, the Energy Star certification for energy efficiency. But it turned out that they listed erroneous energy usage measurements, and the refrigerators used more energy than advertised. And and they LG reached a settlement with the uh, Department of Energy, which uh, administers, I think the DOE administers the uh, Energy Star certification and uh, LG was required to uh, reimburse consumers for the um, projected difference in energy efficiency um, and price that would 
additional price that would cost consumers over the life of the product. Um, other household products, um, uh, household cleaners like Windex you mentioned, um, I saw a case recently filed uh, about a organic, uh, supposedly organic hair and skin treatment. And the other interesting thing I just want to point out is that it's not only ordinary consumers you, that we're talking about here, even though they're not often labeled or seen as greenwashing cases, there are business-to-business uh, -business type cases. And this is an example of where the breach of warranty claim would be um, would be central to the case. There was uh, Hess Power provided some uh, uh, power plant equipment to um, a company called Cogen that was a, that's a California here in, installer and operator of energy efficient power systems. And uh, Hess Power was accused of misrepresenting the capabilities of these of these uh, cogeneration units. They're called. And uh, that led to a lawsuit where um, where Cogen sued Hess Power um, for making these misleading claims about what the what the products actually were and what they actually did, um, and that included both unfair competition and business practices, and also breach of warranty. So it's also in uh, you know business business suits where um, they're not necessarily viewed as a greenwashing claims because greenwash is typically uh, seen as a consumer type uh, consumer type cause of action. Very good. Uh, what advice would Eric would you have for in-house attorneys counseling their companies in this realm? What are the defenses to greenwashing claims? Uh, the defenses are well often you, you have a mix of um, federal regulatory uh, framework and state statutes. So one one uh, popular defense if it's a state cause of action is a preemption based on based on maybe um, the FTC regulations or on uh, uh, federal false advertising. Another defense is um, that it, the advertisement was mere puffery. These, these are exaggerated claims or opinions, uh, perhaps, and, and that's seen as a permissible way to advertise. Uh, federal false advertising on the Lanham Act, for instance, and many state statutes as well, um, these apply to a couple different categories of ads. I think I've alluded to this before, that they're literally false ads, and then there are those that are impliedly false. They're literally, literally true, but still likely to mislead consumers. Um, and this third category of puffery is not actionable, considered within the bounds of proper advertising. So um, that's another uh, defense. Um, some statutes also require that the statements be knowingly false or made in reckless disregard of the truth. So one thing to always be aware of when you're uh, making claims in advertising is to know exactly what the truth is. What are the provable facts? And stick to those. And if you're going to engage in some puffery, do it somewhat generally. In the Honda Civic case, for instance, it was probably okay that, the, that Honda said the Civic Hybrid achieves great gas mileage. Um, what wasn't okay is that they went beyond that and got a little too specific and said, well, you can drive the car just as you would any other car in a completely ordinary fashion and get this great gas mileage. That that was what prompted, well, not prompted the lawsuit, but that's what kept kept it in court. Um, the, there was enough evidence that those particular claims that you only need to drive the car as you would any other car in an ordinary manner would achieve the great gas mileage and fuel efficiency. It was those statements uh, 
and there was enough evidence in the record to avoid summary judgment that those um, statements were not true. So is this just uh, marketing gone awry, or are many of these green claims actually legitimate, but the messaging is missing the mark or just not completely informed? Well, yeah. I mean, certainly in the in the Honda Civic case, I would say that that um, that is marketing gone awry. I think that you know they could have effectively advertised based on the great gas mileage without getting too specific, as I had mentioned. Um, in the Windex case, I think having your own internal certification process of your of your own product um, is probably a mistake. Maybe it remains to be seen whether that that is that'll win the day in that Windex case. But um, so it may or may not be actionable. But it it certainly um, creates a, a perception of um, of uh, impropriety to be certifying your own products. So some of these marketing tactics, I think, I think it is sometimes marketing tactics gone awry um, in these cases. So the last thing that companies want is a class action, or at least a threat of it. Uh, it's a PR nightmare, etc. So from a preventative standpoint, what should companies be doing to avoid greenwashing lawsuits? Well, for one thing is it, you should definitely familiarize yourself with the statutes and regulations that, that apply to your particular industry. For instance, in the automobiles, the Energy Policy and Conservation Act, the federal law that regulates disclosure of fuel estimates. So you should be aware of of what that statute says, um, it's good to have some familiarity also with the with the Lanham Act, the, the federal uh, consumer protection statute. Um, in particular, too, the the FTC puts out um, something called green guides, where they um, go through um, and give you their recommendations as to how to do make environmental claims and what are permissible um, and not permissible. Another thing to do is to, if you're gonna, if you want to certify your product or, or have some sort of showing that that your product has uh, environmental benefits, um, I suggest looking for um, a third-party organization that has certification marks. There are plenty of those um, that apply in different industries. So the Energy Star one that was um, at issue in the refrigerator cases is um, administered by the DOE, and uh, that is an independent government stamp of approval that your product meets certain energy efficiency requirements. For green buildings, there's the U.S. Green Building Council's LEED, or uh, Leadership in Energy Environmental Design Certification, um, and many others um, very specific to various industries. Those are good ways to... uh, advertise and communicate to consumers that you have environmentally friendly products or services or business practices um, and really insulate yourself against um, some of these greenwash claims because these are um, you're being certified then by an independent third party organization. So it sounds like in essence do your homework, rein in the marketing language a bit and you're well on your way to having an uh, eco-friendly claim that's going to survive the day. Uh, Eric, before we go, could you please provide your contact information? Sure. Uh, my phone number is 858-720-6383. can also be reached uh, via email at E-L-A-N-E at loose.com. That's L-U-C-E dot com. Um, you can also read about some of these uh, greenwashing lawsuits and other um, 
intellectual property, clean technology issues at uh, www.greenpatentblog.com. Eric, thanks again. We hope you'll join us for another in-house legal show. Thanks for listening today. I'm Paul Boynton, host of In-House Legal, your online source of the news and information in-house lawyers need to stay ahead of the game. Thanks for listening to In-House Legal with attorney Paul Boynton. Hot topics for the in-house lawyer, legally speaking. We hope you'll listen to the next edition right here on the Legal Talk Network.